Thank you for joining The Bevel Talk, Season 12, Episode 1, The Evolution of Technology and Productivity in Welding. Today, we are talking with special guest Terry Mueller. Let's get right into it. Hello and welcome to Bevel Talk. Thanks for joining us. Today, we have Terry Mueller with TC Energy. Terry, how you doing? Great. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today. So to help our listeners get a little bit more familiar with with yourself and with, with TC Energy and what you guys are doing, give me a brief history. How did you get involved in, in welding and, and what's, your, what's your welding story? Well, I started welding about 30 years ago and my first weld, I actually had a failure and that got to me to think what happened. And that's what got me into becoming a welding engineer. I always thought, you know, why did, what did I did wrong? So I always love welding. I have a terrible hobby. I, I restore cars and you, that is one of the critical skills you need to have. Then I worked for numerous companies. I was a quality manager for a bit and a welding engineer for a fabrication firm. And we looked at different welding processes and it got me intrigued, you know, how much more efficient we can be without relying on stick welding or SMAW all the time. So from there, I worked at EPC firm. Then from there, I worked for a company called Synovus. And from there, I went to TC Energy, and we have started with the wire welding program approximately about two years ago with great success. Fantastic. So for our listeners that aren't familiar with TC Energies, can you give a brief background on, on who they are and what they do? So TC Energy is a oil and gas and nuclear um, end user that does is they do transmissions and they do storage and everything else. We have approximately 5,400 employees throughout the United, United States, Canada, and Mexico. And we were formerly part of Nova and a couple other companies who agglomerated approximately about 15 years ago, became the TransCanada. And TransCanada had a name change about a year and a half ago. Now they're called TC Energy. Okay. And... If I'm remembering correctly, you guys have approximately what three thousand miles of of pipeline um, in the U.S. Right? Yes, we have about approximately three thousand miles of pipeline in the United States. We do have pipeline in Mexico, and we do have numerous pipelines in, within Canada, both in Western and Eastern Canada. Okay, that's. It's amazing if you if you look at the pipeline maps of the United States and, and Canada and, and Mexico and see how many pipelines there actually are floating around underground and and where they where they come together and where they come from is pretty amazing. Uh, don't use so, the word floating with pipeline. That, that, that is true. We don't want them floating, hanging around, or stuck solidly in the ground. <laughs> Good call. Good call. Um, so. One thing you mentioned is with TC Energies, this this move away from cellulistic stick and to um, wire processes. So talk to me a little bit about how that started, where that started, and what that process was like. Because I know from experience, change is really hard, especially around welding processes and procedures. 
So in my previous place of employment, um, we did a, a duplex replacement line of exactly 14 miles of duplex and super duplex within the facility. I always was a big fan of wire welding. Uh, there was hesitation using it because about 20, let's be honest, 20, 25 years ago, the manufacturing process of wire consumables is not up to par. We had some voids. We had some issues. It's like computers. You know, it takes time to advance it. Now with the products we get now with the technology and the consumables and everything else, I took the step and got on board with our project manager and we tried the equipment and I even got him to weld a root pass and it actually looked pretty good. It actually would be acceptable to code. And he goes, why are we not using this on our project? And with the help with, I always say one of our team members with Miller, uh, we came up and we worked on the windshield project and it was success on all the big board pipe. We did not have one repair, which is phenomenal. And we had a 55% increase compared to using the SMAW welding process. That's, 55% is, I mean, that's a huge number of productivity gains. The thing is as well, and we always talk about productivity, but we have to look at the quality of, of the weld as, as well. And the other thing is the welder operator. With the profile of the, what we get with the RMD route, we, we actually did an uh, engineering critical assessment and we found out we can have greater flaws because of that well profile. That's a huge thing for especially an oil and gas firm. If you ever come to a situation like that, when you have a welding process to help you pass an ECA, it's a huge thing. One of the funny things as well, and I notice, is the welders were actually producing, for example, 248 joints that were 7 eighths thick. They could produce two in one day where they used to it was stick. It used to take them 12 hours and they would feel fatigued. So I get I get that consistent productivity all the way all the way through the week. And the final thing what I love about the wire process and it just everything is, it's just like I get consistent, how'd you say, quality and production from the welders because the RMD is so easy to use and the flux going going up. There's none of this welder efficiency lapse where with stick you get 65%. Now I'm reaching 90% with wire processes. It's 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 a no-brainer. ArcReach Smart Feeder delivers excellent RMD and pulsed MIG welding up to 200 feet away from the power source with no control cables, twice the distance previously possible. RMD and pulsed MIG processes also help reduce weld failures and eliminate backing gas on some stainless and chromoly applications. For more information, visit MillerWelds.com slash wirefeeders. I think it's interesting, you know, that you mentioned when we when we talk about productivity, it's it's not just about how much rod or how much wires burn. It's it's if, if you've got to cut it out or repair it, you're not doing yourself any good. You've got to have quality welds that your welders can consistently make and repeat and that meet the criteria for the joint that you're welding to have a true, true productivity gain. You're 100% correct. The ease of use of using Miller's equipment in the field made that project success. And I can honestly say that where I had welders stand there, you know, usually there's a cycle and I done a kind of a data analysis on this. Usually on Mondays and Fridays is the least productivity and we had the highest repair rate. 
And in usually Tuesday, they feel a little bit better from after the weekend. And Wednesday, they were the best. And Thursday kind of went down again. Using the actual, you know, wire, wire welding processes, we found out they were consistent all the way through the week. At end of that Friday shift, they did not feel tired. They felt they can produce more the next week. And that was just so great to see. It's like we can make, if we have the proper equipment, you can make an average welder make great welds. And especially in North America, where we have such a shortage of welders coming into the field in the future, we have to start looking at equipment. So, And I want to talk more about that welder shortage in a minute. But before I get there, I want to – I know welding – industry is reluctant to change and for good reason right for for safety for quality for history so talk to me about a little more about how did you get contractors how did you get welders how did you get site foreman trained and to accept the new process first i'm stubborn no just kidding i <laughs> wait wait you're a welder and you're stubborn what oh no no i actually i'm a welder plus i'm a welding engineering technologist and a welding engineer so i i went through welding it to know you know from failure now to failure analysis you know what it was a team effort i had mass tech who's a prime contractor when i said i want to do this project with wire processes i could not believe the amount of smiles i got from them inside the room then working with Scott McKay for many, many years, um, he is such a valuable resource to any of my welding programs. I got Miller involved, and you know what? You guys came up to the plate, and we knocked it out of the ballpark, and that's something. And they all, and you know what? yes, there was reluctancy. I heard nothing but failures. Oh, yes, 20 years ago, we had this failure of flux core or metal core. That was 20 years ago. Think about your computers about 20 years ago. Remember the 386 where we had 16 colors and you were lucky it would save a, you know, a little bit of information. Now we get computers for, you know, that, you know, take one terabyte of information. It's progress. And using wire welding pro- is progress. Stick, stick should be in the exception, not the rule. Right. And, and I, I have nothing against stick welding. I don't think that it will ever go away, but I think that we need to take a good hard look and understand it when and where and why we use certain processes and how for quality, for quality of life for the operator, for longevity of pipelines, etc. I agree. We cannot get rid of stick, uh, stick welding or SMAW, but... We should not use it as, you know, if you want productivity and quality, we have to start mandating the use of wire processes within prime contractors, facilities, and everything else. But we need to support them as well. Absolutely. Well, Terry, thanks for joining with us today. I appreciate your time. And to our listeners, thank you for being with us. Hope you join us next time as we continue our conversation with Terry. Thank you very much for your time.